Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. It's good to be with you this morning. We are glad you are all here this morning. Let me pray for us as we enter into this time. God, we do thank you for today. We thank you for those that have led us in worship today. We thank you for those that have taught in Sunday school and encountered your, for the ways we have encountered your word and your presence here today. We are grateful and thankful for new life and baptism we celebrate. As it is every week, God, we come before you with much to praise and, and many petitions, many burdens. But we come with gladness of heart knowing that you are big enough, strong enough to carry it all for us if we'll only give it over to you. Help us now as we study and, and discuss and discern together what it means to grow, to look more like you. In your name we pray, amen. We are continuing our series this morning we're calling, calling Growing Together. Uh, we are looking at the vision of Trinity Baptist Church that's been handed down to us in previous years and the four promises we make to one another as a church, the promises that we make to our community and to our world and certainly to one another that we as a church make. And the vision that we talked about two weeks ago Again, we're going to have a test on this at the end of the series, so write it down, tattoo it on your arm so we know it. The, our hope together is that seekers become believers, that believers become disciples, that everyone we encounter, we, we live in such a way among them that all of us together are on this journey of growing closer to Christ, which is exactly what we're talking about today, growing in Christ-likeness. Last week, we talked about the promise that we will grow in love together and that to grow in love is to say, that God is love. And so we're growing in our relationship with God and our awareness of God as we grow in love. And today's sermon is, is following really these past two. We promise as a church to one another, to our community, to the world, that we will grow in Christ's likeness. Now, in a previous iteration of this, it said we will grow spiritually, but it was the only one that didn't have in in it. We will grow in something. And so the grammatically um, passionate among us, should we say that, said maybe we should change it to grow in Christ's likeness. So they're all even. And so grow in Christ's likeness. And it works really good for the sermon today. You know, I talked last week about grow in love, that the temptation of a pastor every week is to just tell you more stuff to do. <laughs> because it's a just, if y'all could just be a little better, you know, just be a little more loving, do a little more good things, follow Jesus a little more closely, everything would go better. That's always a temptation to just heap to-dos and not to-dos on your plate. And of course, that is rarely ever helpful. We try to resist that most of the time. The, the temptation today is to talk about the process of faith growth, the process of how we grow in Christ likeness, and to just tell you the things you need to do. And if you basically do these things and the Holy Spirit is with you, you will grow 
in Christ. And so you need to do what you're doing now. Good job. You're be in worship and worship God, worship God in community. You need to be in a Bible study or Sunday school class or otherwise encountering the word of God. You, you need to practice prayer in your life. You need to have community and, and friends, Jesus loving friends in your life to encourage you. You need to, to serve one other people and, and one another, you know, season that with maybe a little silence here and there, season that salted with maybe a retreat or a camp here and there. And boy, throw that all in the oven, bake it at 350 and you have a mature disciple. Now, yes and no, right? Those things do help us grow. Those things are wonderful and needed and part of the process of growth, but they don't really answer the question, how do we grow? in Christ's likeness. And that's really the guiding question. If we promise that we will grow in Christ's likeness, how does that actually happen? I mean, it's like baking brownies. Uh, I, it's about one of the few things I can break, uh, bake, excuse me, with some proficiency because you can't improve on the mix. I mean, you just can't improve on Duncan Hines, in my opinion. And so, but we know this, you, you pour the mix out, you put in an egg, you put in a quarter uh, cup or so of oil, you mix it all together, you preheat the oven, you throw it in there, you pull it out, you stick the little toothpick in to make sure it's done. You know, you lick the toothpick, stick it back in until it is done, lick the bowl, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. I may be making brownies tonight. That's how to make brownies. Does it explain what happens to those ingredients? I mean, how does the mixing of that ingredient, how, what happens that that actually becomes this amazing confection that we enjoy? It's kind of like saying in our life of Christ, we can explain the process but that doesn't really get to the heart of how this happens. And that's really what I wanna talk about today is how we grow in Christ's likeness. And it's gonna end with a recipe and an equation. So you're gonna get something to take home with you today, uh, something we can batch on, uh, kind of latch onto, but we're gonna get into the deep end of the pool of considering this together today. So I went to Paul this week and I thought, who? Jesus talked about, Jesus showed us who he is, but who talked about following Jesus the most? Who did more than anybody else to help us know how to follow Jesus? And, and that's Paul's letters is where we go to for that. And, and I really went to look to Paul to see what Paul has to say about how we grow in our faith and what faith is. When you examine Paul's writings, it emerges that for Paul, and I would say for us, to have faith is to be in Christ. Now that's a really important word. We're gonna have some small words today that are really important and some big words that are less important that just make us feel fancy for knowing some big words. But our little words today are really, really important. To have faith is to be in Christ. Now that's a really subtle difference. It's not to have faith is not to believe in Christ. It's not even to obey Christ. It's not even to worship Christ. It's for our life, our person, to be totally consumed, subsumed with Jesus so that our life is in Christ, joined with Christ, welded together with Christ, mixed up like all of the ingredients till it's hard to separate out Christ from us and us from Christ. This is what faith is for 
Paul, that we are in Christ. And so when we, uh, so it's union with Christ. So through the cross and resurrection, we now have access to God. Got one of the big words we're going to talk about just a little bit is this great big word, hypostasis. Hypostasis. Again, it just makes us feel smart saying it, but it, it describes the union of God, that, that God is one, but also God is three, that God is one, and yet the Father, Son, Holy Spirit have different roles within the one, and they're held together in a hypostasis, in a hypostatic union. And so it describes life with God. Paul is saying for us to have faith, it means we are in that life with God. That because Jesus came down, which we're gonna talk about later, and, and through his cross and resurrection, which we're also gonna talk about, this divide between God's life and us has been erased and the Holy Spirit's given us as a guide to life in Christ, life with God, not as God, but with God in God. This way has been made forward. So when we pray, and I mean, think about this, y'all. It's subtle difference, but it's so key. When we pray, when we worship, when we study scripture, when we serve one another, when we offer a word of kindness, when we encourage, when we share our faith, when we do whatever we do in response to God or in honor of God, we're not just pointing people to God, we're joining in God's life. When we do it in God's name and in God's favor, it is as if God himself is doing that. Our life is in Christ. Isn't that an amazing thought? Isn't that something that really there are no to-dos? There are no do-not-dos. What there is is to live every part of our life in Christ in response to God leading us. We see this uh, at multiple points in Paul's writing. In Philippians 121, he says, For me, to live is Christ. I mean, that's exactly what it is. To live is Christ. To live is is to be in Christ. There is no life separate from Christ. And to die is not lost. To die is gain because the only way I'm not in Christ now is that my body is here and not in heaven. So to die is actually for me fully to be in Christ. But there's also this insinuation that I am with Christ now. I have this body that messes everything up sometimes and is pretty weak and I'm tied to the flesh, but I'm still in Christ in part here. One day I'll know it in full. 1 Corinthians 2, 2, as he's visiting or greeting the Corinthians, it says, he strove when he was before them. He strove to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. That when he was among them, this is who he was. He was Christ to them. He was in Christ with them together. We live. In Romans 8, Paul speaks of the Spirit of God choosing, this is another word we might hang on to, to conform to conform his children to the image of his son. That when we follow the spirit of God, we ourselves are, I mean, conform has a connotation of obey, obedience, obeying. We conform to the laws of society, right? We're obeying the laws of society. It also has a connotation of change and transformation. If you conform to something, you're kind of becoming that as you obey. The spirit conforms us into the image of Christ, into the person of Christ as we are together. So to have faith is more than just 
learning about Christ, more than just obeying Christ, there's a mysterious deepness to it that we participate in the life of Christ. Paul helps us know how to do this. Because this is kind of where I was Thursday. I'm like, boy, that's a radical idea. That is, man, that's amazing to think about. We participate in the life of God. But how exactly does that work? <laughs> Isn't that a little bit daunting to think we participate in Christ? We're called to live in Christ. Paul helps us to learn how to live in Christ by taking another step, giving us one of another big word. He says the primary, primary way we share in the life of Christ is by sharing in the death experience of Jesus. Now, don't freak out on me, right? This is not a death cult, right? We're not saying you must die in order to experience Christ. Although for those in Christ, when we do die, we do experience Christ. Let's rewind that. That just got more confusing. What he's saying is, as Christ died so that we might live, this is our model for life in Christ. We are called to die many, 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 daily, maybe moment by moment, little deaths. Death to self, death to our will, death to our ambition, death maybe to wealth as our master, death maybe to power as an end of itself, death maybe to any number of, of freedoms that we could enjoy should we want to, so that we might serve Jesus and bless others. This is the way. This is called uh, the word that, that is kind of the theological word is, is kenosis, K-E-N-O-S-I-S. -S. Kenosis, it's a fancy word. It just means it's trying to describe what Jesus did when the Son of God came in the form of man. I mean, how do you describe that? So they came up with this great word that really just means self-emptying, that somehow the Son of God poured himself out into a body like ours and, and, and was fully human and fully God, that he poured himself out, emptied himself, and yet remained God and became fully man. And there's this deep mystery here. Andy Root, who, who I'm, a guy named Andrew Root has written a lot about this. I'm leaning on him heavily for today's sermon. In case you ever pick up Andy Root and you're like, Holmeyer stole this from this guy completely. Yeah, I'm giving him credit. This is really uh, very, very much for him, from him, Faith Formation and Secular Age. He says that kenosis is the image of God. That like we said last week, God is love completely. Kenosis, this emptying that God never stops giving of himself to us. In creation, God gives of himself to us, creates us for his enjoyment. In, in the, the patriarchs and in the judges and in the kings and in the prophets and throughout history, God is, is giving of his love to us, giving of himself to us. And then finally, in this fullest form in Jesus, God pours himself out in human form so that we might know him. This is the structure of God, the being of God, to give of what God has so that we may benefit, so that we may be known. Just as Christ chose freely to die, not so it would benefit him, but so that we might live, we choose freely to choose to die as well. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 is our text that I want to read for us here. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to uh, read along. It'll also be on the screen. And here in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, 
This shows up at a lot of points in Paul's ministry, but here's where he spells it out. Here's where he spells it out. And, and what this is, you might have heard this before in previous sermons. I know Jacob's talked about it some. This is maybe the oldest, 2, 5 through 11 in Philippians, is maybe the oldest hymn we have record of. And, and Paul's really quoting from a hymn here, just like we might quote how great thou art or something like that as we are doing theology. So often we learn our theology, we learn our doctrine through song really as much as we learn it through anything else. And this is what Paul's doing it here. I do wonder where he heard it first. Wouldn't that be interesting to know? Wouldn't it be an interesting thought? If Ananias, remember Ananias, he was the one when Paul had his conversion, God calls on Ananias to go find this persecutor, Saul, and bring him to church basically, and say, welcome him into the fold. Imagine if Ananias brought Paul to this first gathering of Christians. I mean, what tension would have been in the room? Paul's, what, maybe embarrassment? Sheepishness, if Paul could ever be sheepish about anything? The, the fear and the anxiety and the kind of put-offness of the congregation there with Paul in their midst. Paul maybe back kind of in a corner, trying and failing to be unobtrusive wondering who, what in the world has happened to him? Who in the world is this? What does all this mean? And then they begin to sing quietly this hymn. And the words wash over Paul. And maybe he begins to know in a whole different way, with whole new depth, what Jesus has done in the world and what Jesus has done for him. And when he needs to talk about how we grow in our faith, he goes back to this hymn again and again and again. And this is what it says. 2, 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, although he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, kenosis, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Amen. It's these first couple verses I really want to focus on, because here I think we see it play out in Paul's letters, but Paul slips it in here very intentionally, an equation. We're going to do a little bit of algebra, X, Y, Z here today, an equation of how faith is formed, an equation of how we grow in Christ's likeness. If our life is to be in Christ, how do we daily make decisions that place our life in Christ and out of our own hands? And here's what we see in verses six and seven. Although becomes really important. Although, this is the first part of our equation, we'll get to in a minute, although he was in the form of God. So it speaks of this hypostatic union, hypostasis. It speaks that he is fully a part of God. Jesus is part of the Trinity that goes on. Did not, the not's going to become very important. He did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped or being part of God was not for his benefit. 
He wasn't going to take advantage of the fact that he was God so that he might avoid suffering, so that he might be okay. It was not something to be exploited for him or for God's very self. But, very important word, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Here we have that kenotic kenosis idea, emptied himself, took on the form of man, poured himself out. A lot of scholars have written about this line from this hymn, Paul gives us the structure of faith formation. Although not, but X, Y, Z. It's modeled after Jesus. Although Jesus was God, Jesus was free to do whatever Jesus wanted to do. He chose not to, to not use it for his own good, but to empty himself for us. This is the pattern. We have freedom. You have a life to live, frankly, however you want to live your life. You have time, you have space, you have, you have resources, you have energy. You can spend those however you want to spend them, for good or for bad. That is completely your freedom and your right. But there's a call on our life. And the way of Jesus says there's ways not to use these in ways to use these, so, but so that others might live. So although X, you have freedom, Y, there's a calling on your life. There's something higher God wants for your life, Z, and it's so that others might live through the way we live, which is in Christ. You know, Ananias, I talked about Ananias. He fits this mold. X, the although, Ananias could have done whatever he wanted. He could have ignored that summons from God, and no one would have blamed him for not going to Paul. But he chose not to ignore it. He chose to put his own safety at risk, and that's the Y and Z, but he went to find Paul and draw, draw Paul into the church and into community. Do you see this pattern? Although we can do what we want, we do not do what we want because we've been called by Christ, but following Jesus, we seek to bless others. We seek to serve others. We seek to share with others. We seek to encourage. We, we seek to be Christ for each other and for the world, to participate in the life of Christ. Although you're gonna be very busy tomorrow, and you've got stuff on your stack of to-do lists at work or at play or whatever you're doing that is occupying every bit of those, you don't have time to listen to that one coworker who comes with that other story yet again. But you don't, you have the right to come down, oh, excuse me, I got off my notes. You don't have time to hear your coworker's story X, but why? You decide to see her person. You decide to see her pain. You decide to see her loneliness. Z, you listen and you comfort and you minister to her in your need. Although your son or your daughter has been a complete terror to you this morning, rude, just awful, and you know you have the right to come down hard on them. You got to get them in line for their own good. You recognize why she is tired and she is stressed and she's just overstimulated and you decide not to take it personally. And Z, 
you meet her with love and a hug and a ministry of kindness. I mean, although you have concerns about your financial needs, you don't, you're in retirement. You're the, the ends are not meeting every month. X, you have concerns. Use Y, learn of a friend's sister who is two months overdue on rent and putting your own worries aside, you choose Z to bless her with a month's rent. Not knowing exactly what it means for you, but knowing it's what Jesus would do should he have the opportunity. We could go on and on, although not, but. The narrative chorus of although not, but is formational because it is the song of God's own being. Although he was in the form of God and could have done anything God wanted, he chose not to use his godness for its own sake but emptied himself so that you and I might live. This is how we live in Christ. Daily, hour by hour, moment by moment. As you leave this service today, there will be although not but decisions to make. Do you rush out early and not talk to anybody? Do you go on home and hang out and get a nap? Or Although you have the right to do that, do you choose not to do that and be a word of encouragement to someone here today? Although you could do that, do you choose not to do that and, and meet someone new you don't know and bless them in the name of Jesus? Every day we have these decisions to die to ourself just a little bit and choose a higher way so that others may know the love of Jesus in our life. We grow in Christ by participating in the life of Christ, by our life being conformed to Christ. We participate in the life of Christ through embracing this cross, dying to self, and this although not but X, Y, Z structure that puts us right in line with the way of Jesus. And church, this is our promise to each other when Trinity Baptist Church puts on the, web, the website, we will grow in Christ-likeness, it's not that I'm doing this for you, though that is hopefully part of it. It's that we commit to be this for one another. We commit to put our own opinions sometimes, our own, our own thoughts, our own rights, our own freedom, our own time, our own money, our own whatever aside and not use them for our gain so that others and use them in ways that bless others. This is our commitment to one another. It's our commitment to San Antonio and, and greater Bear County. It's our commitment to the world that we will come together in love and in friendship, which we'll talk about next week and in service, which we'll talk about the following week to grow in this together and, and make these type of decisions regularly, daily, moment by moment, to die to ourselves so that others may live. And we, will, we do this and we find ourselves mysteriously, wonderfully living in Christ. May we seek this together. Let me pray for us. God, this is deep mystery, deep magic, as C.S. Lewis wrote that somehow we make less of ourselves, we die to ourselves and, and choose to live for others. And this is the way 
the kingdom works. And somehow even we come out ahead on the deal eternally. Help us, God, to have this, although not but, X, Y, Z equation in our head day to day as we get angry, as we get frustrated, as we are impatient, as we seek to build our own kingdoms in the world, God, may this equation embed itself in our soul, leading us to make decisions to make less of us, more of you, so that others might live. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.